Alrighty, welcome to another uh, edition of An Inquiry into Freedom with your hosts, Ron and Alan. Uh, so, Ron, I made the mistake yesterday of uh, watching the hearing regarding the Hunter Biden investigation and uh, the sh shit show that our government is on every side from every angle and every position you could watch a hearing from it's just i mean it's horrible what's the hunter biden position look like i'm just curious um you know that's a that's a really good question uh i guess it, it would involve from guess, behind grabbing her well hair i was getting ready to say i guess it would depend on the day and the hour uh <laughs> And who's actually in front or behind him? Oh, my. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, they had uh, two guys from the IRS who've been there for numerous years. Um, one, a Democrat uh, who happens to be gay. And uh, the other guy who's been there for quite some time, and these are, uh, you know, pretty prominent people in the IRS. They specifically investigate international and, um, you know, high-profile things. Yeah, I heard the one guy. I mean, this is this is how bad the they eat their own thing is with the Democrat machine. Is that the the previous announcement on who this was because he's been his name's been a quiet secret so the the democrat machine suddenly starts saying that he was a, a right-wing uh conspiracy theorist something or other i mean just really cutting him down and all of a sudden Oh, well, he's a gay Democrat guy who just, you know, he, doing his job. I mean, he's doing exactly what we want them to do. Right. And all of a sudden, he's smeared. Well, here, let's let's listen to his... So him, I'll him shut and up and let you no, talk. No, it, no, you're fine. But let's let, him, let's let him talk, and we'll listen to it in his own words, in his opening statement, uh, about how he's been treated. Chairman Smith, Chairman Jordan... Ranking Member Raskin, and members of the committee. Today, I, I, I sit here before you not as a hero or, or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. I've been an agent with the IRS since 2010. 
In 2007, I received my undergraduate degree from Ohio University, my MBA from John Carroll University. Prior to starting my career at the IRS, I worked at Ernst & Young, Ernst & Young as an external auditor. Throughout my career with the IRS, I have worked a variety of successful criminal tax and money laundering investigations. In 2018, I transitioned to being, a, to being a part of the International Tax and Financial Crimes Group out of the Washington, D.C. field office. I was the lead IRS case agent on the Hunter Biden investigation. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my, actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. All right, so he goes on to do a little bit more stuff about his personal life. Um, but they, they really took it to these guys. And they took it to them in the way that they, the traditional fashion of the Marxist left by, well, did you investigate Donald Trump and his children and the billions that they collected from foreign countries? And here's, here's where I, I separate myself from, from this gentleman who works for the IRS and from other people who testify in front of Congress. My immediate response would have been, this isn't about Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump. This is about Joe Biden and his son. If you want to have a hearing regarding Donald Trump and his children, then by all means do so. But right now, that's not what the hell we're doing. The whataboutism crap needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, what about Donald him. So what about him? What? Good for him, yeah. No, no, he should have done that. He didn't do that. But that's what... So throughout the hearing other than trying to discredit them and, and their investigation, it all, I couldn't even tell you how many times Donald Trump's name came up. They didn't, they didn't, not one Democrat mentioned Joe Biden and very rarely Hunter Biden. Wasn't even a topic of discussion. The, the, the mass media is doing the same thing. They're avoiding this, this story completely. And, and all of their time and effort is being put on Donald Trump and what he supposedly has done. And so I'm the gonna, Democrat Party left him. Yeah, pretty he's much. Not part, yeah, he's yeah. Not, he's yeah. a Democrat, but he's not, I guess you could say, a modern Democrat. He's... A tr more of a traditionalist Democrat, if I'm understanding things correctly, because the the people who are attacking him are not 
uh, traditional Democrats. They're all Marxists. Well, I think you could even go as far as to say that this guy is similar to us, where we have morals, standards, ethics, and we just want to get to the truth. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like he said, it doesn't matter. No one's above the law. And again, if you want to, if you want to bring up Trump, if you want to talk about his kids, and I don't know, did they make money while he was president? I have, I have absolutely no idea. But if they did, why aren't you holding a separate hearing? This has nothing to well, do with them. It's already been investigated. Well, sure, they did hold those hearings. I mean, every yeah. single freaking day when they had control of Congress. So, uh, the House. So when they when they when they say that, all they are doing is spitting the, the language and twisting the language to make all of the sycophants out there that, that are brain dead go, oh, yeah, well, what about that? And take their eye off the fact that we have today Chuck Grassley, um, who we've talked about on this show. I mean, I, I've, I've dogged him out about, you know, it's time to probably take your old butt home. Um, but he released the FBI document that Comer threatened director, FBI Director Ray over um, uh, contempt of Congress if he didn't turn it over. It was released today. It was never a classified document. Right. Now, it's been redacted, uh, uh, of course, but basically uh, the, the, the meat of what this whole investigation and how Joe Biden is tied to his son and his business dealings with China and, and the uh, oil company Burisma in the Ukraine is very apparent. You have 21 shell companies, you have the uh, WhatsApp text, you have the, uh, the uh, payments going to multiple family members, then you have uh, this, this guy in this report that was released today by Chuck Grassley that the FBI didn't want the, the American people to see, that nobody's reporting on, by the way. Yeah, this was the 1023 we yeah. talked about yes. several weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the 1023s. Yes. And in this document, um, the president of the, the, the company is asked, are, were you pressured by Hunter or Joe Biden? He's like, yeah, both. Because we wanted, to, we wanted to open a company in the United States. And so we thought it was best that we keep Hunter Biden on the board. The guy, the guy goes as far as to say, Hunter Biden is so dumb. My dog is smarter than him. It's in the document. But, but we thought it was best to keep him on the board because we, that would give us the access we needed to do what we wanted to do. Well, if that's not, if that's not uh, illegal activity that's, that's obviously spoken out loud by the guy that was involved, one of the major players, impl it, uh, implicating that Joe Biden was the big guy, and he was there during the calls, and he was there. And Joe Biden said, oh, I never knew anything about my son's business deals. Uh, it's, all, it's all right there. What more do you need? 
Mm-hmm. So, what do they do? That's why they, he they, was vice president. Obama's vice president. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I I believe that Obama knew everything that was going on and that he was on the take too. You don't get to yeah. live. You don't get to live in the house that he lives in. I don't care how many book deals him and his wife had. I don't care how many movie deals they had. I don't care what kind of agreement they had with Netflix. I don't give a crap about any of that. Because you know what? Nobody bought that shit. Well, The shows were canceled. I mean, nobody watched it. Nobody cares about them. They became multi, multi, multi multi-millionaires. Well, all they... His only successful investment in life was buying the lot next door that... uh, guy a gangster who was in prison arranged for him tony tedesco or something like that yeah i know who you're talking about um, i know what yeah I know, I know what deal you're talking about yep yeah and that was it and uh she had to give up her law license before they ever uh even moved out of that but they they were not raging successes he was a community organizer organizing marxists like i'm gonna use anyway so the uh, the thing is, is that I know I've said it before, and I actually put it in writing in that thing on the Statue of Liberty, but the real reason Hillary Clinton did not get prosecuted was because Obama was doing the same thing with classified communications and documents. They had a... They had a tiff early on because he did not want to use, he did not want to stop using his iPhone. He had his own private server, just like she did. And uh, if they would have, you know, probed that any deeper than they already did, then Obama got would have been pulled into it too. Right. He was taking money, just like Joe Biden was. I wonder how long it's been going on at those levels. We know Congress has been doing it forever, but I had no idea how that it had reached the presidency. And I, now I wonder how long it's been going on. And, and Republican or Democrat, I mean, I remember when, when Nixon was, you know, held to the fire, uh, it didn't matter what party you're on, you know, and it didn't really matter that he wasn't involved in the crime. He was involved in helping cover it up. So, but regardless of political affiliation, that crap does not belong in the White House. And it's bad for all of us. There's no excuse for either party in there. And both parties are involved in this scheme, by the way. I agree. Uh, yeah. Same with the missiles that were uh, intercepted uh, going to uh, Libya. Uh, that stuff is our business. We need to know about it. And it's all been covered up. Uh, it just both parties are involved in that crap. And it's time to put an end to it. Just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. No, and I don't disagree. Um, but I'll go back to what I've always said, which is, is as much as I am critical of the Republicans, at least they're not way out on in left field waiting on a fly ball that's never going to get there. You know, they're not, 
here, let, let's just play, uh, let's play this little clip here. And I think it'll kind of reinforce my theory that these people are unstable. They're not healthy when it comes to their mental stability. It's just not, it, it is what it is. Um, so I, let me find, here we go. make sure I'm just honestly just makes no sense we wouldn't want to collect all of the evidence available um, I, I, I can't I can't uh, opine on your on the second part of your question gotcha um, mr. Ziegler person and above access to investigators information to see that the White House or another family member. We can't even follow which investigation we're discussing today. Is it the FBI, the IRS, XXX, or something new? I know the American people are confused because we're all confused what we're doing here. Nothing this majority has claimed about the president or his family has merit. No wonder the folks back home are tuning out of this confused mess. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle have shredded all their credibility in this committee. They simply grasp at straws that do not exist. In this Congress so far, we've held more hearings on gas stoves than gun violence and culture wars than kitchen table issues. So let's talk about the real two-tier justice system, the one in which big corporations pollute the air we breathe and the big banks cause meltdowns with their negligence and not one person is held criminally liable. They're certainly not called by the majority to sit before this committee. Or, Mr. Chairman, what if we talked about the other unspoken two-tier justice system in this country, the one where people of color are subject to a deliberately harsher system at every turn, from policing to prison to parole. In this country, a black person is five times more likely to be stopped without due cause than a white person. And black defendants are 25% more likely to be held pre-trial. Meanwhile, the twice indicted former president is out campaigning around the country and didn't even have to post bail. Yet hundreds of thousands of Americans sit behind bars waiting for their day in court. These are the types of lived experiences we should be addressing in this oversight committee. <laughs> this is the real two-tiered justice system, and it's the justice system Democrats are trying to fix after four years of Donald Trump's misuse. Congressional Republicans, however, are working to make these inequalities worse through their efforts to defund the IRS and other Democratic priorities included in the Inflation Reduction Act. So since my colleagues claim to want stricter IRS enforcement, you would think we would at least agree on giving the IRS its proper funding. Yeah, give them more so money. That's the answer. A simple question. Oh, Mr. That's yes or no. Do you know the rate at which black taxpayers are audited as compared to taxpayers who are not black? No, I don't know. Well, the answer is black taxpayers are audited at 2.9 to 4.7 times the rate of non-black taxpayers. Another question for you, sir. Yes or no? Will this hearing help alleviate the racial disparity in the rates of the IRS audits? 
No. That's not the topic. Thank you. And with that, I I'm with the gentleman to yield. yield. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you, she's you, way. I mean, she's she's asking questions about a completely different subject. Well, I I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure that this committee handles half of what she was talking about. No, it doesn't. Well, she might as well start asking about his opinion on I mean, Kennedy's I, I, too. I would argue that this lady right here isn't qualified to be on a school board, let alone a freaking committee in Congress. Do we even know it's a lady? Well, I mean, we don't. In today's society, we don't. Well, I, I doubt very much that she's a lady. I, she might be a woman, but I doubt But very this much is what you got lady. from the Democrats. The race card, the Trump card, the, the whataboutisms, and nothing about hey you know what maybe there is something here why don't why don't we why don't we instead of pissing and moaning about it prove that they're wrong why don't we why don't we as democrats prove that joe biden and his son weren't compromised weren't bought and paid for by a company in the ukraine and china why don't we go ahead and prove that instead what we'll do is we'll pull the race card like you know, we always do. That's a, a really go-to uh, tactic for them. And then we'll do the what about isms of, about Trump, who's no longer president. And, you know, we had our opportunity and we couldn't pin anything on the man. But we're going to continue to do that because guess what? Although we think we can beat him, we want him to run. But we're going to prevent him from running because we can't beat him. I mean, why not just be honest? You, you Mental know, illness was hard to be honest about. I don't know what's so difficult about coming out and having a conversation and being open and honest about it. Instead, you got to listen to this bullshit yeah. all day long. What have you accomplished? What, what, is, what is actually accomplished? Because you went after someone who happens to be in your own party and tried to defame them. I mean, yeah. the, a lot of people that walk out of these hearings have a case for defamation lawsuits. Because, yeah, because these, these really elitists, yeah. these elitists are sitting there, you know, bashing their character on television for the whole freaking world to see. And they don't know these people. Do you think this lady that just said some of the, I mean, had diarrhea of the mouth and said some of the dumbest things I've ever heard a congresswoman say, has any clue about these people's personal lives or, or what they do or their job? Do you think she could walk into their office and go, hey, I can do that for you because I'm, I'm better than you and I know more? That's how she acts, well, right? That's how she portrays herself, and that's well, how she treats them. Constitutionally, I know that somehow or another the Supreme Court found a way to exempt Congress from defamation under the debate clause. No, I get that. I, I, I don't think that's correct, though, as a constitutional matter, because what she's doing is not debating. She's defaming, and 
whether or not she wants to stay with a subject or not, I think is her own business. But she's not she's not doing anything really that I would say is part of how the debate clause ought to be applied. And with respect to how she and everyone else has defamed these fellows, and it happens all the time, Republicans do it too. I'm fed up with it. And I don't think the Supreme Court is correct about it. I think they ought to revisit that whole issue. Yeah, because I have a question for you. What makes them, what makes their normal citizens who are elected to a position, they are not above the law. They are the ones that continue to spout that crap and espouse that, oh, no one's above the law. Well, if you, if you are the Supreme, if you pass a law or the Supreme Court approves some sort of rule or guideline that says you're exempt, <laughs> yeah, that says you're exempt, why? Why are you more special? They're, they're nobody special. They're nobody that's, that's got some sort of, um, I don't know, exemption card. Well, they're you definitely or I, not any more intelligent. Have. Yeah, they're not any smarter than anyone else. They're not any more qualified than anyone else. They actually are so incompetent that they had to run for a political office because they're incapable of holding another job. So this this whole business about being them being treated differently than than you or I we cannot we cannot come on air and uh defame people i mean we can under a satire type of a situation but we can't maliciously go after someone um and accuse them of doing something that they didn't do uh legally you know, right. If I can't say that she is a thief and a liar because I don't know, I'm, I would be defaming her maybe. Yeah. It's a hard precedent to me. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's tough because of how it's been applied. It's so hard to where it might as well just be stricken that you cannot defame people because there it's been interpreted so much in favor of the speaker in theory in favor of free speech and yet in other instances when free speech comes up all of a sudden it's it's not applied equally yeah so you know the guy is doing his job is with the irs and i have my own issues with the irs like everybody does but you know, he's doing his job. He's doing what we pay him to do. And he has the balls to come in and tell us something that I don't know how many other people would do. I mean, no one in the FBI came forward. No, and when they did, they before. lied. Yeah. Because they didn't um, have the guts. I mean, I, you know, I think one yeah. of the things that... He, he came forward a long time ago. Grassley's been sitting on this stuff for a long time. Right. And Grassley, this this stuff that we that came out, I haven't seen it because I've been working today. <laughs> but 
for a retired person. I mean, anyway, what was disclosed, the 1023 that was disclosed was redacted. That was the one that the FBI, that, that Ray, um, finally agreed to release publicly. The, the 1023 that Crassley has is not, not redacted. No, I'm sure it's not. No. Because not. none of that's classified information. Yeah. So for some reason, Grassley waved that around under his nose and said, I want you to release this or I will. Now, why? Let's ask ourselves a real question here. Why would Grassley not have just released it a long time ago? So it's it's a whistleblower. It came to Congress. You darn well tootin' that Adam Schiff, Shithead would have done that. He would have released a document. Oh, it'd have been leaked if it. not. Yeah, if he couldn't yeah. release it, it'd have been leaked somehow. Yeah, unless unless there was something about that that involved someone politically, a friend, a donor, what have you. Then he would have stopped himself and then said, no, I, I won't do this. I'll do it another way, which is what's leading me to ask this question about Grassley is what is in the unredacted 1023 that, that caused him to not release it publicly and wanted it released through the FBI and allowed it to be redacted? What's in there? Is it, I don't know, another another uh, politician's child is involved? Yeah, it, it, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but I'm like, that is why we get conspiracy theories is because they're not honest. They don't tell us the truth. So I'm trying to play a devil's advocate here, the unpopular person, who ask uncomfortable questions and just getting to how a real investigator would, would ask a question, you know, why, why did he do it the way he did? Why did he hang on and argue over this for what's essentially been a year? Uh, I think maybe even a little bit longer. I don't remember the timing of all of it, but what is in that document? Why, why did, you know, he, he wasn't trying to push for the uh, FBI to follow uh, rules and be more uh, transparent. No, 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 no. There's something going on there. And I want to know what's in that document. What, what's been redacted? Well, it's... That's what we all need to really know. Well, but the FBI always pulls the same card when it comes to, the, you know, these investigations and releasing information, which is we have to we have to protect our sources and, and informants and all these people. Well, you can do that at the same time releasing the information. You know, the FBI, the FBI currently is is insinuating that Chuck Grassley broke the law and, and has put some people at harm and at risk for releasing this document. Well, who? Yeah. 
And, and are you going to raid his home and arrest him in the middle of the night? Because he did something that, that you refused to do with an uh, with a unclassified document that the United States citizens have a right to know and see what's in it. Yeah. You, Christopher Ray, I'll say this on, on our episode. You're a jerk-off, and you have no business being in the position you're in. And you're a thug and, and, and a worthless FBI director who, who, is, who is being manipulated into saying and doing things by the Attorney General and the President of the United States. Period. End of story. And, and, and you should be removed from the position that you hold and sent packing. And never, ever, ever, ever be allowed to hold public office or, or a, a public position ever again. You're not worthy. You're not smart nope. enough. You're not credible. You're not an ethical person. You are a piece of trash. I'm, well, over, I'm, not... I'm over the bullshit, man. I'm over the, yeah. the fact that these people think... And, and here's the thing. So, so the Democrats are a protected class in Washington, D.C., but they're protected by the Republicans as well. And you said it earlier. It's because they are involved. They may not be as, as deeply involved, but they've known about this kind of this corruption and have done nothing about it. And so what, what, what would happen if, if the truth actually came out? The Republicans would look just as bad because they were complicit. Yeah. They, and, they may not have been. There's something else, though, that the American people would learn more about how Ukraine operates as a country. It would give the, the naysayers like us ammunition to say, do we really want to risk going to a World War Three over this country? No, that, but they are. I, they I, th are. I think that's what's behind it, because Grassley receives uh, a, a lot of money from the defense industry. Isn't it weird that you that I want to throw this in there so you can comment, keep going? Isn't it weird that uh, that Russia just cut off um, exports of wheat? <laughs> yeah, didn't I? Does, that, that, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, but doesn't that tie into exactly what you're saying? <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Russia cuts off the supply of wheat to the rest of the world. And, and what's the first thing you hear from mass media and from the government? Oh, we're, we're going to see spikes in prices again, and uh, this could cause world famine. You know, South Africa's throwing a fit. Because they're, they're a big uh, supplier to South Africa yeah. with, with their wheat. But, but you know, what, what better way to start a world war? I'm telling you, I, I, this, this is a conspiracy theory right here. Our government knows exactly what's going on, and I think that they're in bed with Russia, and they want to both start World War III. 
Maybe not, maybe not a nuclear war. And what I'm saying is, is that this one world order crap, this one world government crap, this one you know, uh, currency crap that, that we've been hearing about, this conspiracy, that that's actually maybe a possibility. And what better way to do that than not only create instability in that portion of the country, but worldwide instability by making sure we don't have enough freaking food. I, I'm just saying, I don't know. <laughs> it may be outlandish. Uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that Joe Biden and his son were involved with business dealings with Ukraine and China, who both, I believe, have the same outlook as far as open borders and one world order and all this other stuff, and that Joe Biden's, he, he's not... He's not about America. He's not about the Constitution. He, you know, let's, let's, this is a, a, a fight for the soul of America. Well, is the soul of America a transgender or topless person dancing on the White House lawn? Is that part of the soul of America? Is, is cocaine in the West Wing part of the soul of America? Is, is being bought and paid for by a communist country the soul of America? So my, my theory is, is that that he may know about all this shit. It's awful funny that some of the, the, the aid that we sent to Ukraine, weapons and all that stuff, has come up missing. Yeah. Where'd it go? For sure. It's just like Libya. I mean, this is, not, this is not something I'm coming up with. You know, I came up with theory. It's, it's sarcasm, like we always do. But it's yeah, to make a point. Yeah, but it's to make yeah, a point. And, and yet it uh, shockingly is right on point most of the time. Yeah. The um, more sarcastic and satiric you can get, the closer to the truth. <laughs> you, you, it's, We've done I, that multiple just, times, have we not? Yeah. It's like um, I'm afraid to say anything but, for fear that it might turn out to be true. But go ahead and finish what you were saying. I wanted to just throw in that thing with the wheat uh, story. Because I think well, yeah. that ties into what you were you were getting. Yeah, that's been coming for a while now, and Russia doesn't want to do it. Russia does not want to stop that. He has, they have allies that benefit from the the wheat that is essentially going to end up being embargoed, um, but. Honestly, I don't know that they have any choice other than to say, other than to do what they're doing. You know who they're uh, not. You know who they're not cutting off from that wheat. No, China. Oh, of, oh no, of course not. No. Um. But uh, the the he doesn't want problems in Sudan. He doesn't want problems in South Africa. He does, I mean, there's all kinds of areas that he doesn't want problems. You know, it benefits them to be the good guy and say, you know, we're in the middle of fighting this war here. And yet we're willing to go along and be humanitarians and that sort of thing. Um, you know, believe it or not, chuckle, whatever. But 
they really are trying to do the right thing, that grain deal. And this, this decision has been put off now for, well, over a year. Um, because they they agreed to keep going even even though the the real issue is they have effectively been cut out of the world financial system because of the various banking laws and that situation so what they're trying to do here is say you know we're effectively forbidden to receive receipts from these grain deals and unless we can, then we're going to shut it off. And that's, that's been an ongoing thing for about a year and really hot and heavy for the last six to eight months. Yeah. And uh, Biden is just intractable, meaning whoever it is who's pulling Biden's strings is intractable because Biden doesn't know what intractable means. So whatever's going on is way beyond him. Uh, so I, I just, it, it bothers me when we've got a, a problem like that going on that we're being sucked into and the American public doesn't get to know why. And our, our political people are going out of their way to hide truth from us mm -hmm. it's just something that uh, if this goes much longer then we're going to end up in something that we cannot get out of you know whoever the next president is won't be able to get us out of at least not easily and it's something that's completely avoidable so i i think i could be wrong but I think this whole thing is going on with the uh, the nationalist and internationalist world order people, meaning Democrat and Republicans, who are Marxists running our country, and they want a war. They're using Ukraine as a lever to do something. Um, you know, they they certainly have some purpose behind what they're doing um but they're not they're not even be willing to be honest about the fact that here's this oligarch uh and someone within his organization is the is the person who has leaked this um but there's there's definitely a a problem with how this company is run uh, there's a problem with how almost all those companies are run there in Ukraine. That's the problem with with having state-owned or state-controlled uh, industries that have no competition. They, they have no free markets, just like we don't have any free markets. But the government tells all of these companies what to do and how to do it. They're, they're way beyond what the, the point we are. Um, but, but why don't they want us to know about this corrupt Ukrainian uh, deal with the Bidens? And how long has Biden been doing this stuff? 
Did he just wake up when Obama went into the White House and realize, oh, I could be grabbing a lot of money here? Well, another or thing has, that, has he been doing this for forty years? Another thing that is never talked about is, you know, we hear about, oh, Russia interfered in our election and China interfered in our election. Well, we interfered in Ukraine's election. We wanted Zelensky to be the president. And we we literally had him elected. And nobody talks yeah. about that story. Yeah, that fact, was Obama. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 he was a a an uh very similar to Obama. Nobody knew who this guy was. He was, you know, he was a nobody. Yeah. He was a comedian and on Dancing with the Stars. Well, so was Obama. He's a comedian. I don't know if he was on Dancing with the Stars, but he was a comedian. I mean, I, I don't know anything that that man has ever accomplished prior to becoming president of the United States. Other, If you want to say, oh, he was a um, community organizer, and the hell does that have to do with running the country? <laughs> You know, tell me something that he's accomplished. Like you said, the only only deal he ever did was a, a deal with a gangster to buy the property next door to his. And that's it. Uh, but we interfered in Ukraine's election. The guy who ran against Zelensky, if I am not mistaken, is still in prison today. Mm -hmm. And the United States made that happen. So <laughs> we have no room to talk when it comes to interfering in elections. Let, let's just leave it at that. Um, so then let's fast forward to... Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I think that... Um, based on the conversations that we've had and what we know, that these little subtle things keep happening. And we've discussed, you know, what, what's it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, a military aid plane is shot out of the sky on accident or I don't know. You know, they're accusing Russia of stealing this aid that's missing. Uh, of course, it's Russia's fault. And maybe it is. Maybe it is. But everything that happens in the world today that is wrong, even in the United States, fraudulent elections, you know, Hunter's, Hunter's laptop. It's all Russia's fault. And they have got to have the, the, the best intelligence agency and the best spies ever to exist. Yeah. Because they pull off some of the, the most crazy stuff. Because we used to say some gnarly shit, man. Yeah. Because, they I mean, they get, we don't even, we're not, we don't even have the capabilities to do what they do. No, no. I mean, in a sarcastic way, you know, we, we can't do anything that Russia does. Man, they do everything. They hack, they hack laptops. They, they come up with, they, they have such great AI that they literally can make pictures of the president's son passed out with a crack pipe in his mouth and, and put it on a laptop and send it over here into some dude's computer store 
And then somehow that computer ends up in the hands of the FBI and some other people get the contents of it and it disseminates and, and Russia did it all. Oh, yeah. They, they, they did yeah. all of that. And I'm leaving yeah. out a ton of <laughs> I'm leaving out a ton of uh, sp specifics. But you get the point. Which is, man, them people, oh, yeah. man, I want them people in charge of our CIA, our military. I mean, because they're 10 times better than our people. They can't even figure out, they can't even figure out who placed f fake bombs uh, around yeah. the Capitol. Well, yeah, that's for sure. Well, and, well, I better not even go there. I hate to think that way. So um, let's listen to this yeah. real quick. So talk about um, talk about Democrats and their mental instability. So they had uh, hearings today, and I had mentioned Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, was one of the panelists uh, regarding government censorship. And some drama happened between uh, Jim Jordan and another congresswoman. Let's listen here. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, let's play it here. Mr. Chairman, maybe we could put five minutes on the clock then, not ten. Oh, this is Debbie, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Five on the clock and we'll start it running. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I, I want to I start, I want to put aside my written statement for a moment and address one of the uh, points that was brought up, I think an important point by the ranking member, that this body ought to be concerning itself with the... Uh, uh, hang on a second. That's not the right one. I don't think you're the chair. I want to... Mr. Mr. Chair, I... This... Chairman's discretion. I know it's Mr. your Kennedy, discretion. Let but Mr. Kennedy, Mr. He has had so much additional time. Well, I think everyone's had why? additional time. And and why? Get... Why are you doing that specifically because, for him? Because we I just don't want to, explain to other people. I'm sure that with super PAC, I'm sure the Democrat witness places. will be as short as he possibly can. No, no. no. Are you going to allow our witness to just give another piece? No, of let him address I the defamatory comment that was made about him. That's untrue. There that was not defamatory. That is a legal definition that was not met. I want to acknowledge information about the super PAC that you mentioned. Go ahead. I've just been told that that super PAC is connected to somebody that we have a connection to. It's not a super PAC that I've endorsed, and it's not one, as I said, that I've ever heard of. Thank the gentleman uh, for uh, that statement, and I thank you for your testimony. The so, I mean, what? This is not parliamentary procedure by any stretch of the imagination. What you just listened to. No. And, and why Jim Jordan allows this person who is out of order to continue on blows me away. I mean, I'm, I'm not in Congress, but again, I have some background in parliamentary procedure through uh, school and the Future Farmers of America because that's part of what we learned and, and so on and so forth. I'd have been I'd have been throwing the gavel at her. Shut your mouth. 
You know, you didn't, you didn't call for a point of order. You didn't ask for permission to speak. Why, why are they so spineless? Is that a washerwoman? No, I have heard. Uh, we'll play her next. Let's, let's listen to her oh, okay. stupid stuff. Chair now recognizes the uh, gentlelady from uh, Florida, Ms. Washington Schultz. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, we respectfully requested that you rescind Mr. Kennedy's invitation to be, appear here due to his repeated and very recent statements that spread dangerous anti-Semitic and anti-Asian conspiracy theories and attempted to move into executive session because House rules prohibit public testimony that degrades or defames people. <laughs> you do it on a daily basis, lady. Incidents, <laughs> for the record, are at the highest level in the United States since 1970. They have nearly tripled in the last six years. Since you gave Mr. Kennedy a megaphone today, I want to give him a chance to correct his statements and prepare some of the harm that he's helped cause. Mr. Kennedy, you're well-educated. So yes or no, please. Are you aware that for centuries, Jews have been scapegoated and blamed for causing illnesses like Black Plague and more recently COVID? I am. Those are known as blood libel, and they are one of the worst and most disturbing parts of uh, human history. Good. I'm glad to know that, of course, that you, that you acknowledge that. Of course, it's true and well documented that this pernicious form of anti-Semitism led to centuries of discrimination, even horrific pogroms and massacres, and it still fuels deadly violence today. Yet last week, you floated a baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was bioengineered to target Caucasians and black people, but to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. Mr. Kennedy, your bizarre, unproven claim echoes that same historic slander of labeling Jews and Chinese people as a race, and that Jews, and in this case Chinese people, somehow managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No, 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 no. Uh, you I, are... quoted, I quoted what you said earlier, and it, it is directly what you said. So just ask me, uh, yes no, or no? I was, I was describing an NIH-funded study. No, 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 you didn't cite any... I was, as, I was describing an NIH-funded study by Cleveland Clinic Reclaiming scientists. my time. Reclaiming my time. You did not you, reference... Reclaiming uh, Published my time. in USC Mr. Medical, Chairman, which is, is one... Is mine. The time is mine. I'm reclaiming it. Please ask the witness to stop talking. You asked me a question. Reclaiming I, let me Allow me to answer time. my question. Mr. Chairman, I'd like about 10 Ta seconds the, the back. Time, the you, time belongs. You are slandering me time incorrectly. The, the time belongs to the You're saying is dishonest. Time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. Time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. I'd like 15 seconds back. We will be happy to give you that. Thank you so much. <laughs> you did not cite any study like so you are dumb. citing here now during that conversation. You referenced no study at all. You simply labeled Jews and Chinese people as a race, and you also said that somehow they managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You don't see that. You're trying to rewrite history here. A few months ago, Mr. Kennedy, you compared COVID public health policies to barbaric murderous tactics of Nazi Germany, saying that Jewish people in Nazi Germany had more freedom than Americans facing COVID health restrictions. In hindsight, Mr. Kennedy, do you reject this absurd and deep I may I, uh, comparison? I have to agree with that. Do you that. still stand by it? Congressman, what you are saying is a lie. <laughs> That you, you said it. It's, it's, I no, I did not. I never continued. Okay. I never, ever Mr. Chairman, I'm happy to COVID answer into the record when Mr. Kennedy said that. I reclaim my time. In discussing COVID public health measures, you made light of the genocide against Jewish people by saying, and I quote, even Hitler's Germany, you could cross the Alps to Switzerland. You could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. Mr. Kennedy, do you think it was easy for Jewish people to escape systematic slaughter of Nazis, yes or no? 
Absolutely not. Okay, good. Mr. Kennedy, do you think it was just as hard to wear a mask during COVID as it was to hide under floorboards or false walls so you weren't murdered or dragged to a concentration camp? Yes or no? Excuse me? That's a question, yes or no? I didn't hear your question. Okay, I said, do you think it was just as hard to wear a mask during COVID as it was to hide under floorboards or false walls so you weren't murdered or dragged to a concentration camp? Of course not. That's okay. ridiculous. But that's a comparison that you made. I did Mr. not Kennedy, make that the measures taken, Were the measures taken to contain the spread and fatalities related to COVID in any way at all comparable to the murder of 6 million Jews, yes or no? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Let's be very clear here. There's no legitimate comparison to the Holocaust. It doesn't matter if you're talking about AI, AI vaccine mandates, or anything else. There is no comparison. And if this were a slip of the tongue, Mr. Kennedy, or a one-off comment, we would all move on. But there's a deeply disturbing pattern. In 2015, you apologized to all those, quote, whom I offended by my use of the word Holocaust to describe the autism epidemic. When discussing efforts to encourage others to get vaccinated for COVID-19, you said Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. They tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. That was a quote. Like before, you apologized for invoking the Holocaust, saying, quote, to the extent my remarks caused hurt, I am truly and deeply sorry. These are not real statements of contrition or remorse. They are passive-aggressive non-apologies that blame the listener for reacting to the lie you just spread. I'm deeply saddened that this is a conversation we're having today. I have deep respect for what Mr. Kennedy's family did and still does to make life better for all Americans. But what you are doing now, Mr. Kennedy, and the forces you aligned yourself are reckless, dangerous, and disturbing by echoing dangerous claims such as, quote, Jews don't really suffer as much as we do, which you said, your rhetoric creates a climate of mistrust, antagonism, and even uh hatred or violence against Jewish people. My own children have been the targets of brutal anti-Semitism on social media. You fan those flames and jeopardize their safety. You've marginalized other groups too, like Asian Americans and the LGBTQ plus community. And worse, you don't seem to care or brush it all off to misquotes and misunderstanding. Frankly, it's disgusting. Thank you for your indulgence, Mr. Chairman. I yield back the balance. Mr. Of Mr. Chairman, have you? Frankly, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, you're disgusting. Because your party did that for four years, yep. for four years, <laughs> invoked the Holocaust and Nazis and the treatment of Jews and, and tried to say, this is what our world looks like with Donald Trump as a president. And where were you when Ilhan Omar, a member of your own party, just like Robert Kennedy Jr., where were you when she was doing that? anti-Semitic remarks. You were nowhere to be found. So don't sit there on your bully pulpit and, and play that holier-than-thou bullshit. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Jew, and I've been attacked. Oh, woe is me shit. Because you're full of it. Shouldn't even be sitting on a committee. Yeah. Because yeah, I, of what I, she did, the corrupt person that she is with the Democratic National Committee, and what she did by giving away the, the, the uh, questions and answers for debates and all the other crap that she did, how she's even allowed to hold public office. It's, it, maybe some people are like, well, that's not a big deal. The hell it's not. We're supposed to hold these people to a higher standard and, and they're supposed to be elevated on this pedestal, that, that they're better, but yet we let them get away with this nonsense all the time. When are you going to have enough? 
I don't know if that man said that. I never heard him say some, some of the things that she said. No, I, and actually, there's a huge part of the Democrat Party, which she's a part of, that I've never understood the... It's mostly Northeastern, but you know, there's a, a a big population of Jewish people in America who are anti-Israel, and she's one of them. Yeah, a lot of them are Democrats. Yeah, they're they're always pushing Palestinian rights of one sort of another, and. Uh, I've never seen a bunch of hate mongers like that. Who was it that um, just visited from Israel? Was it the ambassador? Their president. Okay. Did you do you know the squad never even attended? He he you know the joint session with him yeah, the speaking. Squad, they never squad, even they never even went. Where is where is her outrage? Where is her public outrage? Yeah. For well, for the people in her a, own party yeah. that are that are showing anti Semitic behavior. Yeah, they're fine if Israel's wiped off the face of the earth. I, so I've never understood that in the Democrat Party. Well, yeah, I can't argue with you there. Uh, I've just never understood it. Uh, yeah, it, and calling her a gentle lady. <laughs> yeah, she's neither one. No. So I just. Uh, if I if I was if I if I was able to get away with it, and if it was ethic ethically and morally and uh, legally allowed, I would punch her in her face. Might <laughs> be an improvement. Man. I mean, if you want to call that a face, I've seen better faces on a cat's ass. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty bad. Is that defamation? Well, not but nearly, even if he, but not nearly you, as defaming as what she just said. Well, but let me ask you a serious question. If he actually said that, this is a hearing on government censorship. So basically, she fell short of saying, you shouldn't be allowed to say that, even though we have a First Amendment. The government should silence you and it's right that they took whatever you said, and it's right that they deplatformed you, and it's right that they don't allow you back on social platforms and social media. And it's also, you know, it also has to do with, the, you know, I'm a, I carry water for Joe Biden, and uh, even though you're a Democrat and your family is, you know, pretty prominent Democrats, um, you're not our candidate. So I want you to be silenced. Why not just be honest? Again, say the quiet part out loud, which is you don't you don't have a problem with what he's saying. You have a problem with him and the fact that he's running against your your candidate. Well, yeah, she's not a she's not opposed to censorship as long as the censorship is applied to people she disagrees with. Yeah, because if that's, he if he that's did the say modern Democrat like, Party. Well, yeah. that, that's the point, right? If he did say those things, they're not illegal. I mean, it's it, I'm not saying that 
if he did say those things, that it's okay. That's not my point. The point is, is that the First Amendment allows him to say those things. And any company that, that censors that, and specifically the government allows them to do that, it's a violation of the First Amendment. I don't care what it is. You know, this, this, uh, this push for um, censoring hate speech or what they, what they will, would determine as inciting violence, well, who gets to make that decision? I mean, who's, who's the expert that says, oh, well, that's inciting violence or that's hate speech? And then that leads to you being deplatformed. Because there's nothing in the Constitution that says we need an expert to determine what's hate speech and that hate speech should be censored. There's also nothing in the Constitution that says that uh, if, if you are inciting violence, that you should be deplatformed. I mean, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe there is. But, but it's very. No, there vague. is that. Oh. But even if there was, it's very vague as to what, what, what do you determine is inciting violence, is, is my question. Who determines that, and what made them the expert on that subject? Yeah, doesn't doesn't saying remember the Alamo inspire violence? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it did in 1836. So, well, the argument is, so so she's literally advocating for what I'm just saying, what I just said, which is, yeah, uh, someone at YouTube made the right decision because I don't agree with what you said. There's no basis in in your analysis or you know whatever and it's like some of these doctors that were removed from social media during covid and all this other stuff well i i get that there's a law that uh, protects them and allows them to do that um section 203 i think it is or whatever that uh you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. yeah. Gives them the authority to, to do that. Now, the, the, the thing that bothers me is, do we want the government to get involved in social media and start regulating them? I don't know that that's the answer either. I think the answer would be that the government simply says to them, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, that you can't silence free speech. Uh, and if you do, you're breaking the law. And as a law enforcement body, we will help hold you accountable. I don't know that yeah. we need, you know, the government involved in that. Other than, you know, maybe some regulations that say, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, I think they need to look into the privacy issues, uh, you know, when you accept their terms and conditions and all the other stuff, and make sure that, you know, they don't have the capability to take your, your data and sell it and all this other stuff.
But as far as, you know, making them uh, like a utility, I, I don't want that to happen. Because the government screws everything up anyway. Well, the thing is, how does regulation or not regulating big tech and censorship, etc., how does that whole conversation shift if you look at not so much privacy issues as someone's words are their property their data is their property never looked at it that way that's a great point yeah see that's where and i i harp on that a lot but that's where this loss of property rights intellectual property uh speech etc and in this case data uh who gave big tech the the right to sell data uh my data my my address my telephone number my name what what websites i visit whatever even if it's abstracted uh if if i haven't explicitly agreed to do that and if my use of the platform requires me to give that up, um, I, I would say that's coercion, mm-hmm. especially when there are when they operate as a monopoly and there's no other place to participate. That's coercive. So, how how does a lot of things in life? Backing it up uh, a little even more, everyone likes to complain about these telemarketing calls uh, and spam on uh, email. Yeah. Like, I have a a special program to block uh, calls that are spam or email. Well, the government, after... I've, I've always said that the best thing George Bush ever did was the passage of that uh, no call list. The federal stuff. do not call. They don't enforce it, though. That's the problem. No, not anymore. They used to. Yeah, they used to. Yeah. And when Obama became president, they stopped enforcing it, and it's never been enforced since then. That's the DOJ. So it, still, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, does nothing to change the fact that that was probably the best thing George Bush did. So there's what right do people have to call me on my phone that I pay for? They don't, they shouldn't. No. And what right do they have to send email to my email address that I pay for? And, and they're not invited. They're not an invitee. Yeah. What right do they have to send me mail? to the mailbox uh, when I don't know them, you know? Uh, Same thing with sending anything else to the house. Why do they have a right to know, you know, why do voter lists have my name and affiliation to the party or not affiliation? Because I'm not 
you know, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. Why, why is that out there for people to know? That's my data. That's my personal property. So what would happen if we Americans started looking at things like that? How, how different would the world look if we did? And we're willing to stand up for ourselves instead of going along with it. Because mm-hmm. that crap's been going on for over a century. And look how out of control it is. So just a, just a, a little interjection there. No, that, and it makes perfect sense. So, so again, uh, the question is: Do we allow? Do we allow um, platforms or companies or you know whatever to call you to censor you to to determine if what you're saying is? Uh, you know, hate speech or inciting violence or something they just don't agree with. Like, he, he was, you know, a lot of his stuff was taken down because he argued for, against vaccines and, you know, masks and all that other stuff. I know he did that. And so they, they took him off of YouTube. Well... Who's the expert at YouTube that determined that what his thoughts and, and theories were were not correct? Were, was it a doctor? <laughs> yeah. Was there, was there some sort of scientist at YouTube that went, what he is saying is wrong, so therefore we're going to take it off and we're, we're going to censor him? And, and what gave the, them the authority to do that? I get it's a privately owned company, so that's the, that's the question, right? If they're private entities, do they have the power to do that? And I had mentioned it before, and this is one of the things that, uh, you know, Trump tried to, uh, to get rid of. And it's still, he still talks about it. Um, that gives them those protections. And I think... What, what? Oh, the exemption in the uh, the exemption in that act. I can't remember what it's called. Right yeah, now, I, I I was set, I said something like section two hundred three or two thirty or it's something along those lines. I don't remember. Two thirty. Yeah. Two thirty. Two thirty. Uh, so I get it. They they have that protection, and there have been you know they've had Mark Zuckerberg and and you know, people from Twitter and all kinds of other people on Capitol Hill. And Mark Zuckerberg, the, the wuss that he is, uh, yeah, I think that you guys probably should start regulating us. Because he's got no spine. You know, he's just a little weasel. And uh, he didn't really mean that crap. Well, actually he did. Because it's to his benefit if they regulate him because there went the ability to compete. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's why all those people want it. That's yeah, why all that's monopolies, really good point. Yeah, monopolies love that. Yeah, I never uh, thought of that, that. 
Yeah, people don't think about it, but that's why they want those things. But let, let's think about it. The uh, I don't mean to quibble with it, but it's a big, it's a much bigger issue than people realize is that using the term a private company, Facebook is a private company. It's not publicly owned. It's not a public utility. Mm -hmm. But it's public. It's publicly traded. This isn't, uh, you know, Herr Zuckerberg, who owns the company himself. There's no, no partners. You know, there's millions of shareholders. Yeah. It's a public company. They're allowed... Uh, unreal things privileges by being treated as a public enterprise that uh you and i can't get as a public enterprise if we form a partnership and want to go compete against them uh, they they're they're an 800 pound gorilla and they're treated as though they're uh joe blow you know who owns his own company well that's not true it's it's a enterprise of millions of people who own it. Why are we considering and treating them just like a private company, just like a small business? You know, the, there's a LLC limit of uh, 35 members to be a, a limited liability corporation. Mm. You know, if we go to 36, all of a sudden we're a regular corporation. We're treated differently under tax laws and such. But why are we extending those, the rights and privileges of an individual, free speech, um, free this, that, and the other thing? Uh, why are we extending those privileges to uh, publicly traded corporations? I, I really do think, and I, and I know it's not a Republican-backed thing, and it's also not a Democrat backed thing, but I think we need to change how we treat these so-called uh, privately owned companies. Just another random thought. Well, how different would that look in our society if we did? If General Motors and and uh, Ford, Chrysler, Facebook, Twitter, they're all treated as public companies, not as private companies. You know, doesn't that, wouldn't that force a little bit more competition and, you know, a little more equity? Everyone likes the term equity these days. Isn't that a little more equitable with, you know, with the private guys like you and I who have to compete against them if we want to? Just a thought. Yeah, it's a it's a hard. This is a hard topic. Mm -hmm. You know, because it seems that it, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you don't. So just to put some uh, context to Section Two Thirty, I was close. I was I said two hundred three. I was only twenty seven numbers off. 
So it provides immunity to online platforms from civil liability based on third-party content, as well as immunity for removal of content in certain circumstances. That's one of the, the things that Trump was trying to get rid of, and, of course, the left uh, fought it tooth and nail. But why would they? And I think the, the answer is, is that because these companies remove content that the Democrats disagree with. Yeah. And so... I mean, you know, Twitter deplatformed Trump and, and several other Republicans. And uh, so when they're doing when they're doing something that the Democrats agree with, then, oh, this is a, you know, this Section 230 is great. We need to keep it. But if the shoe were on the other foot and you started seeing Democrats deplatformed and Joe Biden taken off of Twitter and, uh, you know, political campaign ads being removed. I mean, you'd think it was, it was World War III. Um, so, That, that the whole outrage of, you know, that they showed during these hearings and stuff, it's all, it's all just a show. I mean, you know, they, they love censorship. They want more of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a story in the news. Let me see if I can find that. I wonder if it's on uh, YouTube. Um, I don't know if you heard about it. I'm not a... So this is, a, this is actually a... Uh, this is a news story, uh, but this is, uh, I don't know that, uh, oh, wait, here it is. Maybe. <laughs> so Jason Aldean's a country music singer, or what they consider a country music singer these days. I am particularly not a big fan. Uh, so he comes out with a patriotic song, and CMT decides to remove the video. Really? Yeah. The name of the song is Try That in a Small Town. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And throughout the video, they show clips of the riots and, and all the violence that happened that's been happening in this country for the last, you know, six or eight years. 
and they they claim that it's racist, uh, is inciting violence, the topic that we are on today, and that it shouldn't be allowed to be viewed. <laughs> Okay, so what's wrong with that? Everything that he just mentioned is true. That's all happened. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that they said that the video depicts violence and incites people to violence when every single video clip in the music video is from the news. Yeah. <laughs> was broadcast on television. I mean, you can't make this crap up. Yeah, I even quoted that song when I made my post about the uh, disarmed federal agents. I mean... <laughs> Did so you see that? Yeah. So, so <laughs> while we're on the subject of censorship and, and ignorance, I mean... So he, you know, he released a statement and said, I don't understand, you know, the, the backlash on this one. He said, you know, I understand that there may be some stuff out. I mean, look, we could do the what about isms. Let's do one. Gee, throw out any rap song. Like from NWA or, you know, Biggie Smalls or any of those guys that talk about killing cops and raping women. But you play that on the radio, and you play it on, you know, you can get it anywhere. You can watch videos of that those songs on YouTube. I mean, you know, it's cherry-picking. Now, Jason Aldean and his wife have been, uh, have been accused of some stuff earlier by some ignorant people in country music. Um, I won't mention them by name because it's not worth the time or the effort, and, and I don't want to give them any okay. uh, exposure. Not Darth Brooks, right? No, not Darth Vader. Uh, so I think this kind of goes along with what we were just talking about. I mean, what what's the big deal? If you don't like it, don't watch it. If this triggers you, if this song triggers you or the video triggers you, turn it off. And then maybe you might want to go seek some help. You know, there yeah. are, there are some songs from current pop artists that I don't want I don't listen to. If it comes on, I just turn it off. Doesn't bother me. There are probably plenty of other people out there that enjoy that song or enjoy that video or enjoy that person's music. I, for one, could care less, but just turn the channel. Why, why, well, have, why have people gotten so sensitive to certain things in this country that 
that it gets to the point where someone says, oh my gosh, he's, he's twisting that to, to make it into about a, a, a conversation and a song about race and about uh, uh, inciting violence. Well, I think the people that were spitting in the cop's face and the people that were burning the flag and the, the buildings that were, those are the ones that were inciting violence, not the song. Yeah. And, and, and he's right. Come to my small who, town. Who, who is subtly or maybe not so subtly threatening violence by saying, oh, you want to overthrow the U.S. government? You're going to have to have an F-16. Yeah. You know, who's, who's, imply, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who's yeah. implying that, that you're going to have to uh, deal with violence on our part? You know, whereas if we talk about, oh, maybe we should have a militia to take a look at some this, that, or some other thing. Oh, well, that's threatening violence. Well, so uh, that's, that goes no. to my overall point, though, right? Right. Why, know, why right? is it that, yeah. why is it that, that incites violence, and that is racist. But the guy who is the president of the United States on national television and in other places multiple times says, if you think you're going to overthrow the government, we've got some F-16s and some nukes for your ass. Right. That's the exact same thing. Screwing. Only, yeah. Yeah, only he's not singing it. <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah. it's like thank who's God. The, yeah, who's yeah. the expert sitting around going, that's bad for you, but that's not. That you can watch, but that you can't. That you can listen to, but that you can't. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like it's like uh, what's her face? Um, uh, the the washed up comedian that went on social media holding the the severed head of Donald oh, Trump. The alleged comedian. I, I can't even remember her name. That's how relevant she is. <laughs> But that, but oh, that was okay. You yeah, know that that right. was okay for for young people and and others to see, because it was, you know, a leftist comedian. And and I use that term loosely, not the leftist part, but the comedian. Oh, well, but you didn't. But I I hear she is loose. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I I hope that wasn't defamation. If it's it's not defamation if it's true. Yeah, she's pretty gross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of these people are. So, you know, it's just, I hate the ugliness of this conversation. But this conversation is only happening because of the ugliness that the Democrat Party has brought upon us. You know, this, especially the last 20 years, but the last 40 years, this country has undergone some really bad social changes that uh, is is not beneficial. It's harmful. I agree. Um, and it's been done intentionally. It's all part of the undermined society. And uh, it's been very effective because the, you know, the, it's been pushed by the Democrats and it's been gone along with by the Republicans and the Republicans aren't aren't there to stand for anything. They they don't stand for anything at all any longer. So, you know, it's easy to identify what the, the Democrats are after. It's really not easy to understand what the Republicans are. I mean, I, I think that they're really just trying to tamper things down a little bit 
and, and still be able to play their grifter game because they're really in it for the money. Uh, they're, they're not in it to benefit you or me or anyone else. Uh, that's the sad truth about the Republican Party, and that that's what Trump exposed. That's why people don't want him in office. You know, it has nothing to do with what he's like. Um, nothing at all. So, anyway, yeah, everything you're saying is right. I, I do not know Jason Aldean at all. I don't know his work. Um, but I've heard the song over and over again, and, um, and it's true. His, the message that he has out there uh, is true. Well, watch the video because they claim that it's it's it depicts gun violence and lynching. And I'm like, look, I'm not a fan. I mean, there's a couple of songs. Uh, to me, he's he's pop culture country. Um, you know, is it's kind of that crossover country that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, but to. To say that, if you watch the video and you know his music and you know about him, it's ridiculous on its face. There's nothing in the video that depicts a lynching. I mean, I, these people and the, and the racism, you know, the, victim, the victims that we have in this country, everybody's a victim of something. But it, it sure gets old after a very short time. And we've been hearing about uh, how, how racist we are if we're Republicans or a conservative or a Trump supporter or, or, or if you're not agreeing with anything the left does, you're just simply a racist. And I've got to tell you, uh, I'm sick of it. Yeah. Uh, just like these people that are sitting in Congress who are defaming people they don't even know, there are people across this country who say that about me that I've never... They don't even know I exist. They're just saying it... They're just generalizing people. You know, if you're a straight white male in this country anymore, you're the devil. I'm over that nonsense, too. Yeah. You don't know me. I think my wife and three kids would probably beg to differ with your dumbass. And so would a lot of my friends, and so would a lot of the people that I grew up around, and so would a lot of the people uh, that, I, that I've known throughout my life. Well, there's, there's a lot of folks who are part of that party who's pushing that nonsense. For all I know, maybe this IRS agent's one of them who they have not been speaking out against it. You know, I know a lot of Democrats who have not spoken out against it. It's just kind of, they, they act like, oh, that's just kind of these fringe people over here. Well, sorry, they're not fringe people. They're running your party and they're running the country right now. Um, 
you know, where where is the talk back by their own people in their own party saying, this is too far, you're going too far, guys. I don't agree with you. Um, like Joe Manchin talking about doing running as a third party candidate. Okay, well, if I look at your running, if, if I look at your voting record, Joe, what kind of, what's the difference between you and every other Democrat senator? I mean, I know I like the fact that he stands up for himself and he doesn't always go along with the company line, but he does almost every single time. He hasn't voted against his own party much. He's, he's probably, what, 96% of the time he's with the Democrats? So let's get real here. But a lot of this is happening because their fellow, fellow Democrats are allowing them to. Yeah. So, you know, and Republicans do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But they actually are a lot, much less tolerant than Democrats are of, of people who don't go along with the company line. Yeah. Good or bad. <laughs> You know, I have yet to see many of them standing up for Rand Paul. You know, if he disagrees with them on whatever, or uh, what's her name, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, or Lauren Boebert, or I don't know, pick a name, where they say something that's against the party line, and all of a sudden their fellow. Republicans are all over them, um, and they don't vote all, along with the party line either. Yeah, we got a lot, a lot more integrity. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think. I don't think. I, I agree. You yeah. know, the Democrats all they, they'll use that. Oh well, they're they're fractured, and you know they they can't get along, and that's a party in disarray. So. Therefore, we're the better party because we're unified. But you're unified on shit that nobody cares about. And, and you're unified on a lot of radical stuff that, that we really don't want to hear about. And we don't want implemented. I mean, you're, you're unified because you can't think for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're unified because if I don't go along with what you say, I'm no longer a part of your little outfit. Well, I don't, I don't care to be part of... I, I would be similar to a Lauren Boebert or a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Matt Gates, to where if I didn't think something was, was right or if, there, if there's some sort of deal made just to, just to pass a law that I know isn't going to benefit anyone and is actually going to be more harmful, I don't give a crap what you give me. You know, we'll give you, I don't know, $30 million in highway funds. I'm sorry. I'm not going to compromise, you know, for one thing, because you're, you're giving me or bribing me with something that's not relevant. That, that's the problem. That's, you know, and I'm making that shit up, but um, I, we don't know that doesn't happen. 
You know, the, the whole time during the, the speaker vote, you know, people are walking up to those, those people that I just mentioned and whispering in their ear, what are you whispering about? What, what deal are you offering them now? You know, it's the 13th vote, and you're holding out. What are, they, what are they walking up and promising you? And why should they compromise? They had a legitimate reason in their mind that they didn't want to cast a vote for, for McCarthy, for Speaker of the House. So, so what sort of... And, and the Democrats are like, oh my gosh, we're on the 14th vote. We should just call it. You know, we should... And then they're like, well... Since y'all can't decide on who you want, we're unified and we want Hakeem Jeffries. So they start playing that game. And maybe we, can, maybe we can offer some Republicans on the other side some deals so we can get their vote and we get, finally get the majority vote for the Speaker of the House. And we get to retain the Speakership. And I thought to myself, man, if that happens... I'm just completely done with the Republican Party. Yeah. Because, yeah, you should be unified. But if you have some division, it's not the worst thing in the world to debate amongst yourselves. You don't always have to be on the same page. And I think that's kind of scary anyway. Yeah. I'd rather have debate about what the best idea is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, why would you want to go along just because everybody else is and it's your party? But if it's something that's damaging or that isn't right or whatever the case may be, hold out. I mean, I just seen where, uh, you know, Joe Manchin's kind of bipolar. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's considering a third party run. Now, some may argue, well, maybe it's time. We're sick of the Democrats. We're sick of the Republicans. They're all full of nonsense. They don't, they don't you know, hold up to their promises. Um, I think you and I have, have discussed, you know, Donald Trump even starting a third party. That was discussed while he was running the first time, but more so after the 2020 election. Um, I, I, and I think it's been a topic of discussion because of the Never Trumpers in the Republican Party. Uh, there's been, I mean, numerous times that there's been a third party, you know, uh, attempt the Tea Party, and that was a joke. Um, I don't, I don't know that anything like that would ever gain any momentum. I mean, we've we've had libertarians, you know, run for president, and they nobody took them seriously, and that's unfortunate. Um, didn't Ross Perot run as a third party? Yes, he did. So again, I mean, what did he get? 3%? I don't, I don't remember. 
Well, he he succeeded in getting uh, Clinton to be president. That's the only thing, and and that and see, yeah. that's the argument, though, right? And a lot of that argument is started by the parties themselves. Well, if you do that, then you're automatically going to elect so and so because you're taken away from their vote. <laughs> well, that kind of tells you that if you're taking, you know. 30% of their vote, that means 30% of the people in your own party don't like this SOB. Well, yeah. If, he, if Ross Perot would have run as a Republican, uh, he might have actually had a chance of winning. What do you think would have, what do you think would have happened if, if Donald Trump ran as a Democrat? If he had run? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he would have been successful because he's actually against what the Democrats want. And the Democrat machine never would have allowed him to uh, win their primaries. But some make the argument that he was a Democrat before, similar, yeah, was, similar yeah. to Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, switch parties, which, you know, if you do that as a Democrat, you switch from being a Democrat to Republican. Um, you're like one of the worst people on the, on the planet. But if you switch from a Democrat to from a Republican to a Democrat, which very rarely happens, by the way. Um, I just curious. Harlan Specter. So, so if Donald Trump came out tomorrow and said, I'm, I'm dropping out of the race for the Republican nomination, but I'm entering the race as a Democrat, what do you think would happen? Well, see, that, that's a, an interesting question there because four years ago, I would I would say the same as I just said, but now I would say that you know he would have a better chance of winning that way now than he would have four years ago, because uh -oh. so much of the Democrat Party is fed up with their own BS. Yeah, and there are enough Republicans and Independents who also like him. Because, you know, a lot of his core stuff is, you know, classical liberalism. It's pretty center. It is. Mm -hmm. So I, I think a lot of the Democrat Party is tired of this whack job, um, you know, transgenderism crap um, that... A lot of them might do differently than they would have four years ago. And, and I don't think that those whack jobs have as much of a stranglehold because they're more out in the open now. You know, there's, they've been forced out there where people kind of know who they are. They could, can't operate from the shadows like they once did. Some can, but that's a good question. I, I think he might actually have a, a better chance now than he would have four years ago as a Democrat. 
I wonder if it would have been the same had he announced originally uh, that he was running as a Democrat. If I mean, I'm not saying he would have won, but if the treatment of him would have been the same. Yeah. Would he would he be facing indictments and all this other stuff now? I mean, uh, I would I would say one hundred percent no. Oh uh, well, if he had been elected, like I'm saying now, I don't think that he would have been allowed to win the nomination. No, uh, because you know they would have done the same thing to him that they did to Bernie Sanders. Uh, when he ran, you know, against Hillary. Exactly. You know, and they were talking, I I was watching something about that earlier uh, today where they were talking about, um, you know, the, the, uh, the 2024 race, that if somebody legitimate, which they, they dismiss Robert Kennedy, and I don't understand why, but if somebody, you know, if they were to run somebody, uh, either A, Joe drops out or whatever. But if they were specifically to run somebody against him, um, other than Robert Kennedy, that they would do the same thing that Hillary uh, and her campaign did to. Well, Joe Biden did it. He he was losing uh, the primary for 2020, and they switched up. They they bypassed what was it, Massachusetts or whatever, and and said we're we're going to skip that primary and go down to South Carolina because they knew that that was going to change the race. And then he wins South Carolina, and all the other people dropped out. Yeah. They said they would do that again if somebody were to run against him, you know, that was going to give him and that they talk about election interference all the time that that they basically uh, interfered in their own election, their own primaries. Of course. And he was the chosen candidate. And see, that's the thing about the Democrats that drives me crazy. Um you know, they they choose who is is to be the next president. Like, whoever they nominate, that's the next president, like it or not. Like, screw the votes. Screw what the American people want. This is the... This is the uh, uh, ordained president of the United States because we say so. And if you remember when, when Hillary lost, I mean... <laughs> You know, people just, they lost their shit. Oh, yeah. Screaming at the sky and crying and, oh, my God, what happened? And how is how did she lose? It was yeah. insane to me. I have never seen an election where somebody lost and that was like, people were crying. And, I mean... That was a really big deal for Democrats. Yeah. 
Uh, but I'll tell you how she lost. Nobody likes her. <laughs> well, Even exactly. Here's the simple answer. Which is bizarre, yeah. because nobody really likes Joe Biden. I would say, in my own opinion, that Joe Biden is just as hated as Hillary Clinton was by her own, by people in their own party. Well, he is now. He wasn't before because his true nature was kept hidden for most of his career. Because let's let's be honest, even as vice president, he was irrelevant. But his true nature has come out now that he's just a buffoon. Now, now the rest of the country knows what everyone in Washington has known for four decades. He's a buffoon. Um, but that that was never really well known because he's from a little but state. Why is it that they say that Joe Biden is the only Democrat that can beat Donald Trump? And that's why, regardless of his age, regardless of his mental capacity, regardless of all that, that if Donald Trump is the nominee, Joe Biden has to be the guy that runs against him because nobody else can beat Donald Trump. What makes Joe Biden so special that he's the only Democrat on the planet, or at least eligible to be elected, that he's the only guy? I don't understand that. Yeah, first of all, I don't accept that he beat Trump the first time. I don't either, but I'm just saying. Yeah. No one's proven that to me. But I no hear that. No one's proven to me that, that he's capable of winning another time or that uh, anyone else in that bunch is capable of winning. And yet the, the buzz is that uh, supposedly... His marks on the economy and on something else, I don't remember what it was, uh, mean that he might have an edge to beat Trump over others because the economy is doing so well. But the economy is can... not doing well. I know, right? Well, we're, it's a lie. Well, they just released... It's just a lie. They just released stat statistics on um, home, uh, new home purchases. It's the worst in 40 years. Yeah. Now, uh, it blows me away. We had another quarter or uh, whatever of 2% growth. And that was, that was a little higher than what was predicted. So they're like, okay, that was great. That's good news. Inflation went down uh, a, t a tad, but that's because they raised uh, uh, interest rates. Mm -hmm. So when all of that starts to, to catch up, you know, all the, the, the money that's being spent in Ukraine, the money that, that they approved for the infrastructure and for the Build Back Better and for all this other stuff, when all that starts to catch up, uh, I think that the, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Now, for now, 
Um, and I don't know how they're going to try to reintroduce the, uh, the idea of the student loan forgiveness because uh, the, the Supreme Court said it's illegal. You can't do that. Um, but knowing the Democrats, they'll figure out something because they, they, he said he's not giving up on that idea. But if they do that, that's another 400 and some odd billion dollars that the taxpayer is going to have to foot the bill for. And we don't have the money any more than the government has the money. So when all these things start to catch up, I think that there's going to be a reckoning. And, um, I mean, we're, they're blaming high grocery prices now because, like you said, the economy is supposedly doing so much better. I'm not sure where, and I'm not sure for who. Because everyone that I talk to and that I know is still struggling. Yeah. Um, I can tell you as a small business owner that my business is not doing as well as it should be. And I actually did better last year and the year before while COVID was still a thing than I did uh -huh. this year. Isn't that something? It is something. And I'll be honest with you. So I was concerned with that. But I talked to some other people in the area who do the same thing. And they're struggling too. Business is not what it was last year. Some of them have been in business way longer than I have. Uh, and the numbers are not, they're just not there. So when you talk to normal people who, uh, you know, live normal lives and, and aren't independently wealthy or, you know, whatever. And I mean, some of these guys make really good money. Um, they're like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, they've called me. Have you been busy? Uh, not like I should be. Okay, well, I just wanted to check and make sure I wasn't doing something wrong and it wasn't just me. Well, that's a smart phone call to make for a business person. That's something that someone could learn listening to this. To yeah, they, there's nothing wrong. I, your, your competition and you do not have to be enemies. Your competition and you can also be um, useful allies that because he's calling you and he's like he's double checking on himself you know that's a smart guy yeah right? and let me assure you that uh we're we're within 20 minutes of each other and we help each other out we've we've done jobs together um work on each other's equipment you know we go out and have cocktails once in a while you know we're not enemies yeah and, and that's most, a good lesson for people it is because most businesses um, see competition as the enemy and you shouldn't look at it that way. I mean, you, you should befriend someone like that because of what I just talked about. I mean, you're not necessarily sharing financial information, you know, specifics and stuff like that, but you can have a relationship and you can have certain discussions about, you know, I don't know, advertising or marketing. I mean, we, we don't, we don't like give away exactly what we're doing, but we talk about things like that. We don't give out specific numbers, but we're like, hey, you know, I'm down, you know, 20% or whatever. Well, what does that technically mean? 
20 percent is 20 percent but it doesn't give you a specific you know whatever and so uh a lot of people are like man how do you make that work and it's like well, there's enough work to go around for everybody I mean, if you're not doing quality work, if you don't have a quality business, I think that's what makes you worry about competition more than anything. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not being specific to your business by any means. I'm making a general observation that there is not as much money in the marketplace chasing goods and services as there was no for, for all the absolutely not yeah, for all the extra money that was printed it is parked on the balance sheets of huge quote unquote private companies public publicly traded corporations it's sitting on their balance sheets it's not in the economy and the uh there's a lot of money out there that has not even been in the market. It's just on balance sheets. So, and those people are not buying goods and services from people like you and I. They're they're buying goods and services in other countries. Uh, I, I don't like the idea that the way that uh, inflation is discussed in this country because as a monetary matter, inflation really only has to do with the amount of money that's in circulation. It's not, not related to prices. Now, it can have an inflationary effect on prices. It can result in prices inflating because there's too much money chasing too few goods. But there are a lot of other things that affect prices that have nothing to do with money supply. And I think more so now than at any time in the last 50 years, uh, other than petroleum. Yeah, that's what drove a lot of the uh, price changes in the 70s was petroleum price increases. Um, but I was looking at, well, I'll, I'll back I'll, I'll say what my conclusion is first and then give a couple of examples. But <clears throat> a lot of prices are going up for reasons that have nothing to do with the money, money supply. They have to do with regulations, they have to do with the cost of labor, they have to do with the cost of materials. And uh, if, if you boost the amount of money a business owner has to pay for employees beyond minimum wage, but adding health care, adding this, that, some other thing, adding um, cost of regulatory compliance, filing uh, four or five additional forms. Um, those kinds of things can not necessarily do, but can have an inflationary uh, effect on prices. Mm -hmm. So and one example is uh, I have a, a, a cool old Ford truck, you know, the uh, three quarter ton um, 
460 V8 motor, all that stuff, you know. And I got to thinking, you know, I, I maybe ought to have this thing painted. It's 30 years old. Maybe I, I ought to do that. Um, so I, I checked around. Well, not many shops can do that these days. You know, the cost of paint has gone up. Cost of labor has gone up. A lot of people uh, can't find people. But I found the, what is really the best shop in town, $7,000. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Well, this was, I should back up a, the bus a second. That, that's a $3,000 job um, about three years ago. Right. Yep. It would have cost about $3,000. The truck then would have been worth about $3,000. Okay, well, now, three years later, that truck is probably worth seven to $8,000. The paint job goes from 3,000 to 7,000. That's, that's just phenomenal to me. Well, here's well, a good example. I, I, so I went to a local dealer, you know. Yeah. Well, they, they also do paint, you know, so, so to repaint this truck, um, well, we couldn't get in for until, uh, probably November or so. And it would be about, uh, 10 to $11,000. Holy cow. Okay. So there's one example. I mean, this, this truck does not have rust on it. There's a, a little dent. That's it. You know, it's it's just the paint is faded. All right, we weren't so we're talking about the the expertise to do a good paint quality paint job. Right. Right. So there's one example, three thousand to seven thousand, um, just for paint in three years. All right. Uh, panels. I was looking into these. You know, these ten foot. Uh, galvanized steel uh panels for horses or livestock though they were basically a hundred bucks each you know again three years ago hundred dollars for a 10-foot panel okay well last year they were uh 150 bucks for a 10-foot panel huh now they're 220. Well, <laughs> that's inflationary. But both of those things have some things in common. The regulated industries of uh, paint, steel, um, the different EPA requirements involved, and specialized labor to know how to do the welding, to know how to do the paint. Yeah. Those sorts of things. Well, that's all uh, done by regulatory changes. That has nothing to do with money supply. So there are a lot of things like that. I'm just cherry picking a couple that's happened in the last week. Uh, just by example, that, you know, why are there seven cars in the parking lot when I go to the grocery store? 
on a uh, Wednesday at lunchtime when a year ago there would be 30 out there or more. Huh. Well, no one's spending money. So where's all this money that's in the money supply? It's on the corporate balance sheets. They're all waiting for shit to happen. Just my opinion, but there, there's just some very unhealthy things going on socially and economically that I don't think people have their your arms around. I don't, I don't have my arms around it, and I'm a, I have a degree in economics. So what does someone do who maybe uh, doesn't even have a college education? But if you, if they did, even if they had an economics degree, I guarantee you, if it's been in the last thirty years, they don't understand it either, because they're not real trained econ economics people. No, because they, you know, the Democrats run around and they. They accuse Trump of doing, you know, uh, of you know his economics being like Reagan's and it, the trickle down economics, and there yeah there is no such thing. Exactly, it there is no. Such it thing. doesn't exist. If you walked up to an economics professor and said, "Show me the trickle down economics theory in the tech in a textbook," they can't do it. Exactly. They made that up. That's a Democrat made up yeah. line. It's a political term. Yeah. yeah. And so they made that crap up when, when Reagan was running and, and when he was president to make the, the Republicans and the conservatives look bad. And they've ran with it ever since, because guess what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Democrats who vote are some of the most gullible people you could ever run across. Like, they, they believe anything that, that a Democrat says. And someone said that one time. They're like, and I think they, they shoot each other memos. I'm talking about the political class at this point. But they shoot themselves emails and memos and like, hey, here's a good talking point. Trickle down economics. And then they all start using it. Like, it's like they're a bunch of parrots. And... Uh, but yeah, if you were to if you were to look that up, it doesn't even there there is no such theory. No. I mean, it's just some bullshit that somebody said one time and they're like, "Oh, that's a good one. We'll use that. We'll use it. <laughs> we'll use it forever." Well, there's another thing that another dynamic at work in the Democrat party is their single issue voters. Not all but there are a lot of single issue voters and their, their tent, the people in their tent don't agree with each other on things, but they have enough people from labor. Well, the abortion yeah, rights people say, yeah. is the biggest. I mean, there are a number of people I know who are part of that, that, you know, they're, they only vote Democrat because they're pro-abortion, and the Democrat Party is pro-abortion, and the Republican Party is not pro-abortion. Therefore, they will not vote for a Republican. Um, it's just over that one issue. Now, they, they, we could bring back slavery in this country as a legal entity, and we could have enslavement of black people again, just like Democrats did before. 
and they probably still vote Democrat. Yeah. Because they're more they care more about abortion than they do about slavery. Um they they would do they would do a lot of other things too. As long as you don't touch abortion. Well, now that abortion's off the table as far as uh, its legal standing, they may be even more hardcore abortion than they were before. Well, I'll tell you this. So for the black community and and anyone that listens from the black community, the Democrats have never had your back and they never will. As a matter of fact, they are, they are replacing you. They know that a lot of you in the black community are not going along with their radical, you know, agenda and their views. And that some of you understand what I just said which is they don't have your back and they never will, never had it. And so what are they doing? They're replacing you with people from south of the border, period. That, that's their goal. I mean, the further and further we go along and the more and more we hear this, uh, you know, this same old, sob story and the same old way they kick the can down the road and America's still just this racist evil being and you know if you if you have a if you have a problem deciding whether to vote for Donald Trump or Joe Biden well you ain't black well they they get that crap a lot of them do and a lot of them understand that and so the, uh, the guy who organized Blexit and Candace Owens and some of these other conservative uh, people in the black community are finally starting to uh, generate some attention, and, and people are starting to pay attention. And so what is, what is the Democrats' solution? They're, they're going to replace you. They've used you for as long as they possibly could. Now, there's still a large portion of the black community who doesn't get it, and they may never get it. But in the last election, the support that Donald Trump got from the black community scared the daylights out of the Democrats. I truly believe that's part of why they want open borders like that. You know, and, and they're promising these people, hey, we're going to take care of you and your children and, and anybody else that comes with you when you cross the border. Uh, and it, it's not a good thing for our country. And it's really strange. I, was, I, I noticed something, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I noticed... I was watching something the other day, and I don't know if you heard, but like the other day, they found 27 people murdered in a, a mass grave uh, just on the border of Texas. And they were cut into pieces. And these were people that were, uh, they were being smuggled into the United States with, you know, from the cartels. 
And they were saying that a lot of times they kill those people uh, to get the government to go after the rival cartel. Like they, you know, they set them up. And they, and, and so it, it takes the eyes off of them and puts them on some other cartel. And, but I, I, I was listening to the story and there was a, a guy from, uh, I think he was the, I want to say a, a lieutenant. He was a lieutenant from the Border Patrol. And a lot of the Border Patrol agents that try to secure our border are Hispanic. Yeah. Now, to be fair, they're Hispanic because they can speak Spanish, and and but a lot of them are like, we need to stop these people from coming here. They're not good people. But they're their own people. So when someone says Donald Trump is a racist because he said they're not good people, their own people are saying they're not good people. They're trying to stop them from coming across the border. Um, and I think that's a valid point. But um, I don't remember where I was going with the whole story. I think I had something <laughs> pulled up here that I was going to talk about. Oh, go! I know what it was. I, I got off a track there. So you, you were giving examples of the rising costs of just about everything. So I, I use what you would refer to uh, as a micro-trailer to haul my equipment. Um, with the, the chemicals that I use and, and the things that... Uh, I need for the industry I'm in. Uh, a trailer's going to last you four or five years tops. And either you're replacing the wood or if it's a metal trailer, you're replacing the metal. It's just the way it is. I, I use a lot of corrosive chemicals. Uh, so I started to look into a new trailer. I've been doing so for two years. Uh, and I can't find a dual axle, dual brake, six by 12 or six and a half by 12, six and a half by 14 trailer that has 7,000 pound axles each for less than between eight and $9,000. Some of them are even more expensive called multiple places and everyone that I've called said if you'd have bought this three years ago they were like three or four thousand <laughs> I'm like that's a hundred percent markup dude he's like uh, yeah but I'm sorry the price of steel yeah. and 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 the metal that's used to build these things is just through the roof I mean I talked to a guy that's been doing this for 40 years he owns the company I spoke to the owner himself and he said, I sold the most expensive trailer that I've ever sold in my entire 40 years in this industry. And it was $13,000. Now, that's just a, a toe behind. That's not a gooseneck. That's not a 
You know, it's not, it's just a trailer. Yeah. And, and I refuse to pay that kind of money. I'm like, my gosh. I mean, I have to go get a bank loan, <laughs> you know, to buy a damn trailer. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not necessarily that I don't have the capital to do that, but, and I don't want it. I, I, my company's debt free. I have no, I have no debt. And uh, I don't want to go out and, and put my company into debt because of the way the economy is. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, some of these guys that I know are half a million dollars in debt. Or, uh, yeah, half a million dollars in debt. I'm like, I'd freaking lose my mind. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how you could even sleep at night. And these are small well, uh, businesses, you know. It's not like they're you look at return on investments. Your your return on investment for a trailer that lasts five years, if you're a small business, that's a lot of money. I mean, you're basically that's like buying a, a new car every five years. Well, it depends. I I mean, I can do one job that pays that. Um believe it or not. I mean, there's, there's some money in what I do. There's a lot of money in what I do. I mean, there's, it's pretty good income. Uh, the potential is, is there. I mean, I know a guy that just sold his company for multiple millions of dollars. Uh, but he built a, a good sized company and uh, he was bought out by a a franchise and uh, doesn't ever have to work again so there is there is good money in the industry that I'm in the point is is that man how did we get to where we're at yeah and don't sit here and tell me it was covid no uh-uh. You know, COVID's, you know, pretty much been a non-starter for, you know, a year and a half. It's crazy. You know, I was talking to my kids the other day how COVID just disappeared. We don't hear anything about it anymore. Like, literally, there's no news that reports on COVID. All of a sudden, it's just gone. Now, you and I both know that people still are getting, still get, you know, they're still getting COVID. Uh, well, especially people who got vaccinated. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I still haven't encountered anyone who did not get vaccinated who regretted it. Have you? Not at all. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm, I, As a matter I of fact, I've, I've, I've got friends that got the second shot and said, I'm not going, I'm not doing anymore. I mean, I'm just not. I felt worse <laughs> than I did when I had COVID getting the second shot. And I'm like, well, I didn't even get the first one, so sucks to be you. Well, I, I got information today, and I'll say this tentatively because I haven't had a chance to look into it. It just came up. Is that it's it was suspected at the time, and now I guess it's a very strong suspicion that possibly confirm that Henry Aaron died 
from being vaccinated. Have you heard that? I have not, but I have heard, uh, you know, a lot of people have just out of nowhere, you know, that weren't sick and didn't have, you know, any existing conditions or anything like that, just falling over. Yeah. Dead. I mean, they're just dead. There was a young girl in Australia, four years old. She was playing. You know, her parents are there. She just drops over dead for no reason. They read it in an article. And the cause of death was unknown. I've seen more I've seen more people the death of people announced where the cause of death is unknown. And I know that, you know, you're not going to know right away. That's not what I'm saying. Uh and you never hear anything after that. Now, I'm not saying that those people have died from a vaccine. That's not, that's not what I'm implying here. But something is going on. You know, you see these college basketball players or football players, and they're just, you know, just plays over, and they're walking to the huddle or walking to the the sideline on the basketball court or whatever, and they just fall over dead. Yeah. No no prior conditions, no signs of anything wrong. They just, they just die. Now, has that happened? Did that happen before COVID and before COVID? Yes, absolutely. Again, I'm not implying that uh, that vaccines are killing people. Um. Well, the rate's gone up, though. I mean, yeah, unexplained death happens. I mean, I think everyone probably knows someone or knew of someone, some story. Yeah, that unexpe- that, yeah unexpectedly. Yeah, sure. just unexplained. Yeah, it, it, it does happen. But uh, I wonder if some of these things that have, been, have happened weren't uh, related to uh covid vaccines and where there used to be the the run to identify everything as a covid death now nothing that's related to a covid vaccine is identified as the cause you know they're running from the statistics um well it goes but anyway, along with I, that. I, I i understand that that was probably the case with Hank Aaron. Um, I never heard that. That's that's yeah. uh, interesting. Well, it just made it uh, when it first happened. That was it was a strong suspicion, as uh, it's been the case with a lot of people. Well, that's funny. You remember it wasn't that? Wasn't his case? But you remember? It, it just came out today that I, I just haven't had a chance to double check it. Yeah, you remember the the video of the nurse that got the. Uh, one of the first COVID vaccines live on television. Yeah. And she's like, I, I don't feel, and she passes out, well, falls over. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. they got to catch her before she hits the floor and stuff. So, so, you know, th- there are some, uh, there, there are some questions that need to be asked. And, and I don't think there's any, there's no, obviously no long-term studies on, on what these vaccines are doing to people's bodies or anything. And I'm not alleging that they do anything. 
Uh, but it's not like, you know, going in and, and you get a, a shot for chicken pox or polio or anything like that. Those are, those are vaccines that have been around for longer than you and I have been alive. Yeah, and they're real vaccines. And and they know what the side effects are and, and like if you you know, if you go to the, the hospital or to the doctor and they ask you, Are you allergic to penicillin or you know, I don't know. Well, if you don't know and they give you a shot and you have a reaction to that, they have something to counterreact that, right? Yeah. They don't have any studies that can counteract any kind of symptoms that you may acquire from uh, a, a, a vaccine that's been around for a year and a half. They just don't. And then all the boosters, what are they, 12? I don't know, 27 of them now? I, who knows? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have the, uh, the documentation that it changes your, your, it's a, uh, changes your DNA. Um, I don't know that, that any of the other shots are known to do that. I mean, maybe they do. I, I just don't know. I'm not educated in that, uh, in any of that. Well, and I don't know about the DNA piece. I can't claim to know that either, but I do know that there, that, Doctors have said that, especially autopsy situations, but there are definitely issues with respect to the heart, uh, lungs, and kidneys, and blood that there seem to be all related to the, the COVID shots. Yeah. So... You know, the, I, and I, that's consistent with where the uh, mortality issues have been with, with people who had kidney disease, with people who had uh, lung disease, with people who had uh, other issues, heart, that uh, blood clotting and everything, that those issues all showed up as contributory factors with COVID deaths. So uh, that's real science, though. Well, know, so the, the, the thing that I'm talking about is the mRNA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Okay, so COVID-19, the COVID-19 vaccine um, is, was made using the mRNA technology. Mm -hmm. It's the only vaccine available today that I am aware of, and I wish we could get an expert on, <laughs> so-called expert on, to talk about something like this, but uh, that was what was used, the technology used to, to uh, create the COVID-19 vaccine. If you research this, and you, and you put that in, and you say what other vaccines are, are used, are, are currently being used, with the mRNA, there is none. However, it gives you a list of other mRNA vaccines that are currently being researched. You know what they are? The flu, <laughs> Zika virus, 
RSV, HIV, um, CMV, and cancer. So one of the biggest debates was, is this safe to use because it's never been used before? And, and from what I understand, mRNA alters your DNA. And they don't know what the long-term effects of that is because it's, it's a new technology. It's a newer technology. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's not something that I can speak on uh, for an extended period of time. I just don't know enough about it. But it's enough to make me be skeptical. I mean, it doesn't make me an anti-vaxxer. But it does make me skeptical because of other people that I knew or, or know that have had that vaccine and some of the boosters went, man, I felt like I felt like I was going to die. Um, now, that can happen if you go get a flu shot. You know, you have uh, because there are always there's always a different flu vaccine based on the strain that they think. Yeah. is more prominent in society. So they give you a different, you know, it's, it's not the same flu vaccine over and over and over again. And so people would go, would go, would go get a flu shot and the next day they're sick as a dog. Um, but everybody reacts differently to that stuff, you know. Uh, I just don't know that I'm willing to risk, you know, my genetic makeup being altered on on something that it doesn't cure it it doesn't prevent me from getting it and it doesn't prevent me from spreading it so what's the point yeah it's not a real vaccine yeah i'm not, so I, I, there's no reason for me to even contemplate uh risking anything for something that does absolutely nothing <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, in essence, you know, for a lack of better words, but. All right. Well, it is Thursday. So we will be back again uh, next Tuesday. Um, for another episode, there was something that I saw that I wanted to mention. I can't remember what it was. Oh, Biden. Biden's using. Uh, Smaller stairs on Air Force One. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, uh, why? Why would you vote for someone like that? Come he on. just needs one of those chairlift things, you know? You sit yeah, in the chair yeah. like, like you buy grandma. Yeah. yeah. That, that, you know, hauls your butt up the stairs on the side of the, yeah, on the side of the wall. And you just kind of slowly ride up. Up and down on it. That's well, what. it would be less embarrassing. Or, or how about just not even show him getting on the plane? How about they take him in the, they drive him into the plane while he's in the car still? You know, how about we just remove him from public as he moves from the freight up to the plane? You know, how about we just stop exposing ourselves? to this embarrassment, you know, and, and stop exposing him to it because he, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, it's, 
cruel and unusual punishment to both him and the country. So I think that's unconstitutional to end on a constitutional issue. Um, I think it's unconstitutionally um, cruel and unusual. <laughs> I don't see any other country doing that, do you? I, I mean, have you seen... Have you seen uh, old Vlad, uh, Uncle Vlad? Have you seen him trip going up and down the stairs to the plane? Oh, heck no. He's running up and down them no. just, for, just no. for the fun of it. And oh, by the way, have you heard old Uncle Vlad? Did, did he lie to us about who destroyed Nord Stream? Uh, no. No. I guess I'm not. No. That must have been our guy, yeah. Um, was that a, oh did you see him taking money from from Ukraine over the pipeline deal uh no well, he didn't lie to us about that but Joe did yeah um apparently old Joe's been lying to us a lot and Vladimir is a lot more reliable a lot more honest than Joe so how about we just uh, again it's cruel and unusual punishment I think constitutionally that is our right to have him removed from office because he is cruel and unusual punishment to the public. How's that for some I saw him, was it today or yesterday? Uh, they had a the White House um, congressional picnic and he came out and, you know, tried to wing it. <clears throat> And anytime that man tries to go off script or off teleprompter, it's a it's a freaking circus. So, you know, when they have those visits from heads of state come to the White House and they sit in the the little I don't know what it's called, the rotunda or whatever, you know, and they sit in those high back chairs and they're sitting there side by side and they're talking. Sorry, you said Rokanda, and I thought of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, at least her ass. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he's sitting there, and he's the only guy in the room with cue cards. I mean, he's looking down. He reads what he says, and he looks up, waits for a response, and then looks back down, and he's reading from these cue cards. And I'm like, oh, what is the God. other head of state that's sitting next to him? The president of Israel thinking about a guy who can't even he can't even have a conversation you know a, an off script conversation in a room full of press and another dignitary foreign dignitary without looking at cars that somebody wrote the words for him to read because he didn't write them how, how is that person sitting there the president of Israel, thinking, I need to show this man respect. This is the leader of the free world, supposed free world, and the supposed leader. How am I supposed to sit here and take this seriously? I don't have, I don't have notes in front of me to read from. I mean, you know, I'm just sitting here having a conversation. And the press wants to ask questions. And, of course, he doesn't take questions. And then if, if he does decide to answer someone screaming at him a question, 
it's uh, an outburst of anger, and that's not true, or he just laughs it off because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's uh... so let's let let's let's curry favor to the idiot and uh, make sure that we put some smaller steps going up to the airplane so he doesn't fall on his face five times. Unbelievable. The, the, yeah. the, how low the United States has fallen in a very, very short period of time. But Trump, yeah. but Trump, who has never been a politician, is the cause of all our problems. Yeah. He caused everything. Yeah. In four years... Uh, let's not blame the guy who was in office for 47 years. Let's blame the guy who was in office for four. Total. Mm -hmm. For all the problems. We're racist because of him. We're, uh, uh, we're, we're going to go to war because of him. Our economy stinks because of him. We're short on food because of him. All these things. COVID was his fault. I mean, what else? Riots ha happened because of him. <laughs> I mean, let's not blame the guy who's been there forever. Right, yeah. So ridiculous. All right, well, again, we'll see you next Tuesday, and uh, everybody have a good weekend. Adios. And I'll talk to you later, on. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Right.